Hello there, friends, and welcome back to another episode of DEF PDX Podcast, The Journey Series. Today, I have Anthony Armenta. Anthony, welcome to the show. Brian, uh, super excited to be here. I'm really excited to share my journey with everyone that uh, wants to take a listen. Absolutely. So, Anthony, give me a small summary about your background, playing yeah. career-wise. Um, yeah, so just a quick intro. Um, I grew up in uh, Happy Valley, Oregon, graduated in 2016 from Clackamas High School. Uh, I played for uh, Eastside Timbers for uh, youth club soccer, uh, made my way into the Portland Timbers Academy for two seasons. Right on. Um, after that, uh, I ended up committing to Lane Community College and played two years there. And then I just made my commitment to Southern Oregon University for this fall. Congrats, by the way. How do you feel going to Southern Oregon University? What are your small goals, you know, going into season? Yeah, no, um, right now, um, just, uh, you know, the whole big goal is to come in and start, obviously, and be the starting keeper uh, come, uh, to start a season. But uh, right now, just creating uh, small, uh, obtainable goals to achieve that one big goal that I want to get to. That's good. Well, I'm excited to have you here today. And hopefully you guys at home listening to us are excited to hear Anthony's journey so stay tuned all right anthony so now we're going into the journey anthony so tell me about your journey tell me about who inspired you uh to pursue soccer and at what age you touched your first soccer ball at right right so um i guess that person uh would be my dad uh growing up uh, i just always knew that when he was younger and uh growing up he was playing soccer so Correct. I-, I wanted to be like him and uh he was a goalkeeper and so uh, <laughs> i wanted to be like my dad so i just i decided you know like I'm going to try my hand out at a goalkeeper. And uh, when I was younger, I, I liked it because you didn't have to run as much as everyone else. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. The it's, the, job in the field. it's the easiest job on the field when you're younger. So Absolutely. Um, hopped in there and um, yeah, played youth soccer for uh, Eastside Timbers. Uh, was uh, fortunate enough to be the captain of my club team from U12 all the way to U14. Awesome. Uh, uh, at age U14, uh, I actually joined the uh, Portland Timbers Academy. Awesome. Um, I was one of the youngest players on the roster. And so kind of going into it, it was I came into this situation where I wasn't seeing any game time. And I also wasn't being rostered for any of the like Correct. beginning matches. And, you know, at 14, because I, I was only 14, yeah. uh, my first year in academy, I didn't even have my permit. So I was <laughs> so I was having my dad drive me out for like an hour and a half oh, in traffic. Man. But Dedication right there. <laughs> yeah, shout out to dad. But, um, shout out to the dad listening to us. But yeah, no, um, it definitely was a bit of a struggle to go from, you know, uh, being like a leader of my club team and Absolutely. to having people like look to me for like different things on and off the field and to going into only having like training sessions literally every day and then on the weekend to only come and you know it was nice to support the team and be a part of that environment but everyone wants to play no one wants to sit on the bench you know and so um that was probably my first like big main struggle and I kind of had this internal conflict of where I didn't know if I wanted to play anymore because I wasn't you know getting that playing time and I said is this really worth it? And Correct. I think the one moment that I realized that um, like people do watch what you're doing and work ethic is real important. Absolutely. Um, so this was our first away trip to play the Vancouver Whitecaps Academy. Okay. And um, as you know, like we have to cross the border. So oh, it's, yeah. a, it's a real big trip in terms of like 
all the kids were getting to cross. We get to go into Canada, stay in a hotel and all that. Different country. And, <laughs> right. And so the weeks leading up to it, you know, practice was normal. Would show up, get Correct. in, get my work in. And usually when I, when I was there at first, a lot of times, a lot of sessions after, I would try and ask to get some touches in with the 18s. Or I would ask Steve Reese, you know, my coach, my goalkeeper coach at the time, if I could, you know, get in with the U18s, like GK sessions, yeah. just to get some extra touches and the weeks went by and literally it was like three days two days before we were supposed to leave for um vancouver um they pulled me aside steve reese and the head coach at the time adam smith oh, okay um they pulled me aside and they basically just said hey like uh, we want you to know that like you like we see your hard work um like your work ethic and training um you know and so like we're gonna reward you with this like trip to go on to vancouver on this away trip and you know, like in my head, like I knew I wasn't going to play on the trip, but Correct. that like alone being able to suit up. And I think uh, we were at their residency and they had um, they had their little away section. Fan. It was only oh, yeah. maybe like 15 people in their like Vancouver Army section, oh, yeah. but like they, they got too. smoke bombs. Yep. They, they're, they're chanting. And like that was something like I was like probably my first experience where I was like, OK, like, you know, like things may not always be going well or like you may not be seeing playing time, but like. That worth that work ethic is key because you're gonna get those opportunities and absolutely get your moments. It looks like you worked hard, so you know going to Vancouver. Since we're talking about Vancouver, how was how was your first experience being away from home? No, I mean so uh, like prior to this, I'd done like ODP absolutely. and um, had traveled a little bit for that, so that had kind of like prepped me. But it definitely was a little bit of a struggle to travel on these away trips and then not end up playing. So you go basically do everything that the team's doing but you wouldn't get the same amount of fitness in as these guys that are playing absolutely you know 90 minutes 30 40 50 however many minutes they may play but absolutely. yeah no man so you know you you, like you said you know you played odp with the part and timbers academy you know after that you know what was your next step how you know the colleges or who contacted you or did you contact them? Right. So uh, my second year in the Timbers Academy, um, I had a few just connections with uh, only seriously, I would say Wake Forest and uh, University of Denver. And yeah. I was super pleased with that. But um, just my second year of, of Academy didn't go how I wanted it to. Absolutely. And just certain things happen that you can't control and Absolutely. just that are outside of your control. And so I decided to leave the Timbers Academy uh, my junior year. And I think the main thing for me was that I wasn't playing, like, enough game time. And I wasn't getting that, like, same... Like, I would have practice every day and I was staying somewhat fit, you know. But there wasn't... That love for the game was kind of dying because I wouldn't have a game to go and show my stuff. And also, I wanted to play with some friends in high school Correct. that I had, you know, grown up with in high school. So... And that was fun. And actually, my senior year of high school, I ended up uh, tearing my ACL, my... Oh, my MCL, and then uh, I partially tore my meniscus. Oh. And so it it had happened, and at first the doctor had told me that, like, you know, hey, like, it just looks like an MCL sprain. Correct. Two to three weeks. And I was like, okay, that's like, that's, that's manageable. Like, you know, I'll miss, like, maybe, like, one or two showcases, but, like, you know, that's not devastating. Absolutely. And, um, I think it was, like, two weeks later, like, the surgeon or the specialist, you know, called my parents up. And they decided to get an MRI done because they weren't going to do one with the test that they like, you know, just the physical tests. But she decided to get one done and like basically had like came back and said like, yeah, no, like it's like your ACL is gone. 
Um, your MCL is partially torn. Uh, your meniscus is torn. Like we're going to have to shave part of that out. And yeah, that was definitely like a big setback in, in my journey, I would say. Oh man. Oh, our setbacks. But end of the day, you know, we learn from our setbacks. Absolutely. A hundred percent. We learn from our setbacks. Definitely. And you know, what, what happened? Uh, if you mind me asking, so what happened after that? How, how, how was your, you know, therapy yeah. and how, how was the outcome out of it? Like, yeah. So, you know, um, so I ended up getting uh, diagnosed, I would say, sometime in uh, like middle of January, end of January. And then I didn't end up getting surgery until the end of March in 2016. Oh, God. Just because with the way that like the scheduling was and how like quick they got my MRI done. Yeah. It, it was just they weren't able to get me in that quick. And so I um, had my surgery uh, rehabbed for seven months, I want to say. Wow. And uh, the doctors were, you know physical therapy people don't talk about it enough it's like you think like you're going in and you're like oh this stuff is going to be easy but like simple like little things are hard to do and it's definitely like i don't know about you if you had to come like overcome some stuff and go to physical therapy oh, i did a lot it's, trust me it's definitely like this mental like roadblock where you think your body can't do something but you kind of have to tell yourself like hey like push it a little more like it's gonna get used to this you know but correct like now i can i mean this is four years out but like now i can finally say that like my knee feels 100 percent now like i don't feel like there's moments where like i'm you know kind of nervous for it or anything correct and it's just you know sticking to like basic exercises to keep your mobility and keep you know your body staying healthy well that's good to hear you know yeah. so after you got you know cleared to play again how was the process you know uh touching the ball how 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 long did you give yourself you know the doctor told you to touch the ball after rehab and yeah i mean like uh, they had mentioned you know it's gonna be six months until you can play again probably four months until you can touch a ball again but i think at at three months like there was just one day where like i got up and got on the treadmill and just tried to do like the fastest jog i mean i think i did like a 10 minute jog but like just getting the knee moving and doing that because sitting for even sitting for two, three months, I think I was up to 220 pounds. Yeah. And so just having to be able to deal with that kind of like roadblock of like all this weight that got added on to yeah. like with this injury and then jumping back into things. And it definitely took me a while. I would say that because I played one year after my injury for club and then uh, I ended up uh, transferring to LCC. Correct. And I didn't actually play my uh, first term there. Uh, I just moved down there to kind of just get away from kind of everything. I was kind of starting to get in the wrong crowd. I wasn't I wasn't playing soccer like I used to. And so got out of Eugene and like sometime in December, I reached out to uh, Connor Capaletti to see if uh, they had like I wasn't asking for any money. I wasn't all I said was, hey, man, um, I'd like I love the game this is my resume. If you have an open spot, like I'm willing to like work, do whatever, whatever conditioning, whatever, like Absolutely. if you have a spot, like I'd love. And then it was like that evening he responded to me and I went and met with him like the next day and Correct. yeah. And that's how the LCC journey started for me. Absolutely. So after LCC, uh, where else did you played? Um, so, uh, through, uh, Lane community college, uh, Connor Capaletti was my head coach. And when I first came down to Eugene and joined the LCC program, yeah. Connor was an assistant coach at Lane United, Correct. uh, the USL two side down in Eugene. And, 
um, I knew he was the coach. And so as tryout time came around, I kind of just, I was kind of bugging him and I was like, Hey, like, you know, like, <laughs> should I try door, out? Right, right, right. Get your foot in the door. That's Get the key. your foot in the door. If you don't ask, you don't like, it won't happen. Absolutely. And so, um, went to tryouts, um, and definitely my, like, uh, that first like tryout session compared to the very last training I had with, uh, Lane United. Yeah. Massive, massive difference. Uh, ended up losing like 40, 50 pounds from when I first joined. Well, congrats by the way. Anthony. Thank you. Yeah. Um, that was something I kind of struggled with, uh, my weight and kind of just like mentally, you know, kind of fell into a little bit of a depression and, uh, honestly coming down to Eugene and getting out with the, you know, the boys at yeah. Lane. I mean, I think there was only six or seven people at the conditionings when I first started, but like to be able to kind of wake up and have this set schedule and kind of realize like, Hey, like I'm going to, I'm doing this to play in the fall and be fit for the fall. Absolutely. Like it kind of, it kind of put me back on track in like life. So to say, like I wasn't doing well in classes, but soccer came around. Connor told me if I could pass my classes, he would help me out. And absolutely, he did exactly that. And I'm forever grateful. And just so you guys know, if you guys don't know Connor, I coach, he coached for uh, Lane United and Lane Community College. Connor is an absolutely great guy. Very humble. He was my head coach when I was an assistant at Lane United as well. Uh, and just so you guys know, he is an amazing coach, top quality, very professional, very professional. Mm -hmm. And just me there being with him as well. Like I've learned a lot of knowledge from him and shout out to Connor. If you're yeah, listening shout, to shout this, out to Connor. <laughs> Cap, we, you know, we're, we miss you. We hope you're doing well, man. Absolutely. Hopefully things are well in Cincinnati and you're uh, tearing it up over there like you usually do. So shout out to you, Bob. All right, guys, so now we're going into player's advice. Anthony, so as we talk, you know, the obstacles you went through, injury, mm -hmm. everything and all that, you know, um, how did you overcome them? Um, so just talking quick on my uh, injury, um, I think one thing is just, uh, like, stay uh, persistent and stay consistent with um, your physical therapy. Um, definitely, definitely with physical therapy. Um don't just do the exercises that you're supposed to do uh, at physical therapy. Uh, do them at home. Do them while you're sitting on the couch, just watching TV, you know. Um, that'll really help yourself to get back and be healthy. And then once you get back and you are healthy, uh, make sure you're doing the proper warm-ups, the proper cool-downs, the proper movements to make sure that uh, that type of injury doesn't happen again. No, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I agree. You know, take those procedures very carefully and mm -hmm. listen to your staff. Yeah. And so now we're, you know, what advice would you want to give, you know, a, a, goal, a goalkeeper, you know, that's trying to make an academy, you mm -hmm. know, uh, what, what do goalkeeper coaches look for in right. academies, you know? Right. Um, so uh, one thing I think I would say is uh, like one main thing, and I think you could speak for this, is yeah. uh, communication. Uh, communication from a goalkeeper, if you're loud, um, if you're clear, if you're consistent, like Absolutely. you're not just shouting kind of random bits of information there's a name there's a direction Absolutely. and you can be heard and you know i hate i hate to say this but like keepers tend a lot of keepers the good goalkeepers tend to be loud um your back line tends to hate you by the end of the game because you're screaming Absolutely. and being loud all game but that kind of vocal vocalization i guess i should say or Correct. that type of communication um that's something that goalkeepers or goalkeeper coaches look for in a goalkeeper because you know yeah. Like 
there's shot stopping, there's all the skills, but if you can't communicate with your team and you can't, um, you know, tell there's your no team trust. what to do, there's no trust. And so I think one thing that's kind of difficult for goalkeepers is that you come to this tryout and, you know, you're thrown into this scrimmage with four defenders that you've maybe never played with before. Correct. And it's something as simple as right before you get started with the scrimmage, you call everyone together like, hey guys, like for me, like, hey, like I'm Anthony, like I'll be your goalkeeper. Like yeah. um, I introduce myself, they, they'll introduce themselves and I'll get their names. Um, I let them know, you know. Also, I think one thing is uh, don't be afraid to uh, play with your feet at the back. And I don't mean by like mess around and, you know, do like skill moves and yeah. all that, but like be prepared to be that 11th man on the field Absolutely. it's 11 v 11 and so a lot of times a lot of coaches nowadays like to build from the back and play out Absolutely. of the back so it's very important that you know you do get your touches in and you do get your footwork in no, I agree. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, you young guys that are at home listening, if you're a goalkeeper, you know, now you heard um, Anthony's experience and his knowledge. Um, hopefully you guys take from this. Another thing that um, I want to talk about is, you know, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, Juco, you know, Juco experience, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, what advice will you give uh, kids, you know, if, if, like you said, you got hurt, right? You got mm -hmm. hurt, you got offers from Wake Forest, Denver, you know, eventually did not work out for you. Mm -hmm. You went to Juco. How was your experience playing in the Juco, uh, which we know Cap is by far <laughs> the best Juco yeah. coach in the nation. So that's, but you said it right there. Um, as I'll go into it, uh, I think everyone, and I can speak for everyone down at uh, LCC, correct. Uh, we were incredibly blessed to have uh, a coach like uh, Connor Absolutely. that just had the attention to detail. And for me, it was something as simple as uh, our pre, like our pregame, like, you know, meetings or like our, you know, like in the like locker room per se, like we would have, you know, it would be like a professional, like you would think that like Connor was coaching for some like pro team, but it's Absolutely. just a, a Juco. And so I think one thing that helped like some of us that were looking to get to that next level with Connor's professionalism, yeah. even though we're, we were in that like Juco environment, we were, we kind of felt like, you know, we're doing the right things We're we're waking up every day at five 30 for a practice at six 15, you know, Correct. And I remember being at those practices, helping you guys, <laughs> yeah. helping you out as well. Yeah, no. Um, and so, yeah. Um, I mean, I think one thing that's kind of, I think, instilled in a lot of people's minds is it's it's D1 or die for college. And Correct. that's, it's not the case at all. There are many, many professional athletes that go to a JUCO and end up where they want to be. You know, Correct. they end up even there's some players that are start at a JUCO and end up transferring to four year programs. There's a handful of guys on the team that came to LCC. They weren't planning on playing yeah. in college and now they have the opportunity to play at a four year. That's not bad. So, guys, as you heard, there's no shame playing at any JUCO. But first of all, do your research. Yes. That's what all I recommend. Do your research. Go to a program that you see that they're successful. And yes. that's my recommendation if you want to transfer to an NAIA D2, D3, or D1. But end of the day, I, I wanted to cover that because some players think going into JUCO, it's scary. But right. end of the day, it's not. You got to do your research. You got to, you know, you got to do your part too. Like there's some good, there's some good JUCO programs out there in the country that produce a lot of good players. And I think Correct. if you do your research, you do your research on the coach, find out the style of play, how, what they're looking for in their players, like Absolutely. the system that they play, and then 
be able to find those pieces to fit yourself at the school you want to be at. Correct. And as you mentioned, you know, Lane United, mm-hmm. uh, your experience there, you know, with us, you know, yeah. I was a coach, I was the yeah. assistant coach, but I want your your input with us. You know, what was yeah. your experience or would you recommend any kid trying to make it going into USL too, which I highly do, but end of the day, mm-hmm. it's how hard you want it. So yeah. I want I want to hear your experience and if you want to share a little of, of that, you know, yeah. with us. Um, so first things, I just wanted to say this is that if you if you don't try out, there's no chance that you can make it. The worst that's going to happen is, you know, you, you don't make the team and you try out next year. But like, if you do try out, don't get discouraged if you Absolutely. don't make a team. That definitely doesn't mean that it, that it's not over, you know, Correct. the whole cliche, but it is true. Just stick with what you're doing. But um, to speak on my experience at Lane United, uh, like, I'll be honest, like there wasn't a whole lot of like minutes that I got at Lane United. Correct. But even with that being said, it was probably that's probably the one place that I've taken like that I've had the most like information that I've just taken in. And then applied it to your style of play, my style of play, just my game and my. So our first year at Lane Community College, we didn't do so hot, you know, and uh, came back. And the second season at Lane United is really where where you joined, you know, the staffing program. That's really where that was like the first season where I was, you know, a consistent like training player with the first team. And um, the GK coach at Lane United, Colin, um, I was in there with him, and he was someone that really uh, working with Albert. Oh yeah, <laughs> and- his drills were intense. I'm not gonna lie, guys. When we did our trainings, I looked at my at the goalkeepers, Colin, if you're listening. Oh man, Albert, everybody, you killed him. <laughs> no, like I will say, like that was something that, you know, we would come in, and me and Albert would look at each other, and we would just kind of be like are you ready to die today? Like <laughs> we would, we would know that there was going to be this big like fitness thing. But I think for me, like being that like third, cause I mean, you were there with me, it was yeah. Albert and it was Mark and then it was me. Yeah. And then, um, Chris, Chris, Chris was there as well. And he trained with us. Oh, and uh, then, Crespo from uh, Oregon. No, 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 not, no not, Crespo. not Crespo. Who was you, it? You know who uh, I'm talking about though? Uh, Adrian, Adrian, Adrian. Adrian. So it was cause Mark came I think he ended up leaving for, uh, you know, just on, on trials yeah. with uh, Louisville or something like that. Yeah. Right, right. So he was off to do what he was doing. Uh, Adrian came in, and yeah, no, um, Adrian being at uh, the D one program at Oregon State University, and then uh, Albert at California Baptist University. Yeah, both at big D one, you know, Programs. college schools. Yeah, Absolutely. and um, I think just trying to come into practices and. I think one thing I could say that, like, I took from going to practices that I took from, like, Albert was that, like, any, like, drill, any, like, rep that he was doing, that rep was going to be done at 100%. And if he wasn't satisfied with that last rep, he would keep going until he was satisfied. And so it was, it felt good. And I think that kind of got instilled in me. And there are little things that I took from our, like, GK sessions and from Colin and from the other like goalkeepers that I've had more experience than me. Like I was able to take that and translate it to our LCC season where we had the best, we had the best uh, season in program history. Uh, We were just, I think it was, we were one point off from uh, the Southern region uh, championship, which is tough. uh, But it is um, best season today. uh, First uh, men's program to make playoffs in history. Um, 
uh, least goals amount conceded in uh, program history. And uh, I think that really translated from all that work at Lane United and taking that information and those lessons that I learned from those other guys in the Cuba coach. That's awesome. Well, hey, congrats, by the way, you guys making it, you know, that far. Yeah, thank you. For a Juco, you mm-hmm. know, and like I said, you know, Connor is an absolute coach. As you can see, he, he knows this stuff. So now I'm going to ask you some questions you know so these are my questions uh as soccer players sometimes we forget about mental health you know so these are my questions you know so firstly my first question is what does success look to you um well i think first off it's definitely like different for uh every person and i think like success to me like not being super specific on like oh like i want this job and i want this house and i want like for me like as long as i'm content and happy and progressing with what I'm doing like that's that's all that matters it's like as long as I'm happy with my life myself you know like my self-esteem and everything like as long as I'm in a good headspace and I'm in a good environment being able to you know live healthy have a roof over my head have clothes have water like that's I think that's that's what success looks like to me absolutely and this is another question I'm going to ask you you know do you think, you know, us soccer players, we deal with mental health, stress, you know, anxiety, you know, if, if you deal with that, you know, mm-hmm. how do you cope with it? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I think it's not as spoken about. I think just in society, like we don't really speak about it enough. And I think like when it comes to being like a guy, it's hard to talk about your feelings like that. But absolutely, it's, it's so important to just even if it's just, you know, talking to a friend about like how you're feeling or how you're dealing with or like. But, like, everyone has their different ways to cope with, you know, the anxiety. Absolutely. And sometimes, like, you just got to have kind of hit pause. Just take a second, take a couple breaths, and just kind of realize, like, you know, like, you're here. You know, we're healthy right now. Absolutely. We're able to, you know, go out. Living in the moment. Living in the moment, Absolutely. And another thing is, how, how do you motivate yourself and how you prep yourself before games you know to to stay in that relax because honestly being a goalkeeper is the hardest job anyone if you're saying a goalkeeper's job's easy it's not easy you're you're never no so how how do you deal with that yeah no so um i guess so like i guess you're kind of just saying like how do i deal with like the pressure of being a goalkeeper kind of like how do you on like how do you feel relaxed before games so uh, okay how do you relax your mind so sorry i think that's a better way yeah um Honestly, like, I think everyone kind of has a general, like, pregame routine that they stick to. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say there's something, like, like every minute of my game day before the game, like, I have to do this, I have to... Like, I have a few things I have to do, but for the most part, like, I make sure uh, I have good food in me, uh, depending on when the game is. Make sure I'm not eating too much before the game. Correct. If it's an early game, you know, not as much anymore, but... Like, making sure, you know, to get some, maybe a protein shake in me, a banana or something, just to fuel my body. Correct. But, um, yeah, uh, just, uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Go ahead again. No, so I was going to say, you know, as a goalkeeper, how Mm -hmm. do you get relaxed before a game? I think it's just finding, like, for me, like, I have a playlist that'll throw on, that'll kind of set me in a mood. And I don't think I stress too much about, like, my pregame stuff until like i'm on the field and i'm getting my warm-up and i try and stick to the same warm-up i do every time and for me 
Um, it doesn't like, I don't let it get to my head if I make a mistake in the warm up or if it's not super perfect, you know? Correct. The whole idea of like my warm up for me is to just get my body going through the motions and get my body warmed up and to feel ready and to feel Correct. good when the game comes around. And so for me, just having a set like warm up and sticking to that and hitting every area that you feel you need before a game. And that's how, that's how I calm myself down. That's not bad. Well, guys at home that you're listening, you know, uh, this is Anthony's advice. And hopefully you guys took a little bit of knowledge of his advice, you know, from the academy, uh, you know, to playing in a Juco and playing in USL two and the ways that helped them. So hopefully you guys took information from this and also, you know, it helps you guys out as well. All right, friends. So now we're going to the subject of world news or issues that we kind of face. And today, I usually let the guests pick topics, but I'm going to just stick to this topic because I've seen a lot of negativity in the news and I want to cover racism. Racism right now is a big factor, especially, you know, with uh, Hispanics. And now that coronavirus Uh happened, uh, Asian Americans are getting attacked. You know, I've been watching stuff on Instagram. Uh, people are harassing them and and being scared of them and people don't do nothing. So, or it's, it'll be something as like, you know, kind of that, what may seem harmless as, as a meme, but what really is just flat out racism and just, you know, correct. And another thing is like, there's people there Mm -hmm. recording, but why are you recording where you should step in and back out your brother? Right. Right. You know what I mean? It's not just that. It, mm-hmm. There's racism everywhere. In soccer, mm-hmm. too. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. You know, I've seen that a lot. I'm pretty sure you have. So Yeah, no. Um, just, uh, I think one thing, um, definitely, uh, like, definitely if you see it, uh, definitely speak up, say something, uh, especially for those people that don't have that voice or can't speak up for themselves. Uh, I think, and you, I can say this for you as well. Absolutely. It's really important to just cut that out right away when you see it. And then um, just another thing uh, is to not let it, you know, just affect you that much. Just understand the ignorance that comes with all that, too. Correct. And that, you know. No, absolutely. So you guys listening, you know, really pay close attention to what's going on. You know, uh-huh. racism right now, it's a big factor. And especially in here in the United States mm-hmm. uh, with everything that's going on. And really pay attention. If you see someone, you know, saying racial slurs to someone, step mm-hmm. in. You know, the other person, they're scared. You know, mm-hmm. I, I know Hispanics, you know, they don't talk English and they called, got called racial slurs. And, yeah, and same thing with, you know, in the soccer field. Mm-hmm. I Back when I was playing, I got called a, mm-hmm. a word I'm not going to mention. Right, so right, yeah. It's uh, back up your, your, your brother. That's it, you know. Yeah. Back up a person. If you see it, do something. So that's what our issue is and that's something that we wanted to cover today about world news is racism so guys you know it's please if 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 you see anything step in it's it's not hard imagine something imagine it's someone in your family how would you take it you know i'll I'll be pissed so that's that's our world news for you guys today and hopefully you guys uh learned a little bit something about this issue All right, friends, so now we're going into our topic three, which is the unknown. All right, so the unknown is basically 
conspiracy theories. We usually talk right, with right. ghost stories, the paranormal. So, mm-hmm. Anthony, tell me if you have any personal experiences with the paranormal or any conspiracy theory you follow. So, I mean, uh, personally, uh, I don't have any personal experiences with like not to say that I don't believe in them or don't think they're yeah. real. Um, like I don't like I don't have any personal experiences with like ghosts or paranormal activity. But yeah. a conspiracy theory that I'm about to hop on right now is that um, if y'all have watched Tiger King on Netflix, uh, there's this woman on this show who married this dude who was a multimillionaire, and all of a sudden, this multimillionaire goes missing, yeah. and then she took all of his money from, like, her kids, and or his kids and his family, and left them. It was, like, I think 10% of the total wealth. Oh and this dude gosh. was worth, like, 20 million, bro. No way. And so she's got, like maybe like 70 80 i don't know how many big cats she's got but she's got all these tigers and stuff and so the conspiracy theory that's been going around is uh people think that that she killed him and they like she either fed him to the the tigers tigers or or uh joe exotic on the on the show he was saying that uh, she might be under the septic tank out there but yeah because there was this one moment in the show where uh the main character he gets uh he kind of gets attacked. The uh, tigers attack his shoes. Yeah. And he's like, oh, like, who put cologne on my shoes for the tigers? <laughs> and they cut to Carol, this woman, and she goes, please, like, if someone wanted to have tigers, like, attack you, like, they wouldn't spray cologne. They would put, like, fish oil or something, like, yeah. some oil on it. And, like, I was looking at this, like, you you definitely killed your husband. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> like, I just started watching that, too. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I'm in episode three, and... It's wild. It's, it's wild. <laughs> it's wild. Like it really is. So if you guys are listening to that, it's wild. And definitely, yeah. if uh, all of us have a little bit of time to ourselves with this quarantine, but if you have some time, definitely have a watch. It's uh, pretty interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, what about you? You were you were telling me about uh, you had this pretty wild experience the other day. Yeah. Yeah. So yesterday, right? I was podcasting uh, right. with David and, and TJ. And, you know, uh, you guys will, I'm pretty sure you guys already heard uh, David's podcast. Um, it's not bad after that. You know, we went and talked about faith, which, mm-hmm. you know, which we already talked. And it's pretty cool. Like, I'm not going to lie. I'm right now, since, we, you know, we're in quarantine. I'm doing right. self-cleansing. I'm, mm-hmm. being, I'm working on myself. I'm trying to be a bigger and better person because at the end of the day, there's always room to grow. Always know? room always, to improve. Absolutely. So I, I did some self-evaluation and stuff like that. But end of the day we were talking i felt heavy and stuff like that and honestly like it feels like you could have anything and 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 we talked and you know david took me to his uncle's house and then he's a big faith believer and Mm -hmm. honestly like as soon as i walked in i felt like a presence and like what do you mean by a presence like 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 a strong like i felt like like kind of like love i felt warm but prior to that i felt like i was angsty so where i'm going by now is like I've never dealt with God or anything like that, you know, like, and stuff like that. So uh-huh. we were talking and I felt the spirit of God. I feel God, you know, uh-huh. and uh, they prayed for me. I accepted Jesus uh-huh. for the first time in my life. And Man, that's, that's awesome. No, thank you. And uh, I felt all that weight just get odd. Like they, pr- they put their hands on me. I yeah, started like crying. Yeah. I started crying and there are my proof. I started crying and... Mm now i'm a believer all that weight all that stuff i had uh-huh. was it's gone now so that's my faith and then uh-huh. like earlier today um you know 
I I I was praying for something and uh-huh. something happened, and I with the same thing that I was praying for it happened. So it's kind of weird, and I would probably say conspiracy wise, mm-hmm. it's crazy how like you know the unnormal works for itself. So that's mm-hmm. what at least my personal experience on conspiracy theory that happened. So end of the day, you know I'm I'm, I'm glad that I now have gone in my life and I hopefully. I'm able to change lives and yeah. I, I'm, I'm still working on myself to be the best version of myself, you know, for myself mm-hmm. mainly and for others. So that's great to hear, Brian. I'm happy for you. No, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Anthony. So that's my experience. And mm-hmm. yeah, hopefully you guys, you guys, you know, follow Christ, you know, say a prayer. It's mm-hmm. always good to, uh, you know, change. So if you're right now listening, I challenge you, me and Anthony challenge you to change little habits you know it's always good to change because at the end of the day you're competing against yourself Mm -hmm. so tomorrow's a new day what are you going to do to get better exactly that's my advice for you guys all right friends so now me and anthony are going to do karaoke time and karaoke time is all about having fun and the rules are we have to sing a song for 45 seconds the rules are you cannot stop and the loser owes you a coffee or something or an IOU. And today our judges, David, David, say hello. Hey, what's up guys? Back David's back again. Alright, David, you're the judge. What's the song today? Uh it's uh from Mulan. Alright, so we're gonna sing Mulan. Alright, Anthony, let's hear that. Alright. Look at me. Look at me. I, I may never pass. For a perfect bride or a perfect daughter, can it be I'm not meant to play this part Now I see that if I were truly to be myself, I would break that family's heart. <laughs> David, who won? <laughs> wow, dude. Now I, I don't know. I'm, I'm I would say tie, or maybe leaning, maybe leaning more against uh, toward Anthony. Oh, Anthony, Woo! no. All right, I guess you kicked me out of my throne. I guess today I'm today's loser, and I guess I owe you. All righty. So guys, hopefully you guys had fun listening to our beautiful singing <laughs> oh yeah. man that was that was fun though i don't even know if i was singing it right but it's all about having fun so. absolutely so hey disney if you guys want to hire us as like some vocal singers absolutely you know you know where to contact us uh. all right now we're going into the last topic 
this spot, Anthony. Tell us your favorite spot in Portland. If you're new to Oregon, what would you recommend me to go try? What's right. the spot? So the spot, the spot for me, and what that means to me is like my favorite food place, like where cool. I would go and where I would send you. Uh, I would send you to this place called Boxer Ramen. Have you have you had it? Boxer Ramen Pearl District, right? Oh man, mm -hmm. it's very delicious. So kind of in that, you know, that kind of like nicer shopping center yeah, yeah, it's by yeah. that it's by uh, that shave ice oh that yeah shave ice place. Yep. yep so that's probably the spot it's probably what like 11 bucks yeah it's 11 very bucks, affordable 12 bucks for like a big big bowl of ramen oh and yeah it's very delicious they got like a they got a spicy miso they got a they got a vegetarian ramen for you guys that are vegetarian out there absolutely um yeah and so uh, i usually get the spicy red miso and uh, i usually get uh you know those uh mexican glass coke bottles I get oh, one yeah. of those with it, and, and that's the meal when I go there. Spend about about like 16, 17 bucks with tip, you know? Make sure make sure to tip your servers and your waiters, guys. Absolutely. Don't be a <laughs> scumbag out there and nope. not tip. No, be sure to tip. Um, but, yeah, uh, I would say that that's my spot. That's my go-to, uh, especially in the wintertime. Definitely good to get some warm ramen in Absolutely. You. It's mm -hmm. very delicious. If you guys have not been to... Box of ramen. Box of ramen. Mm -hmm. I recommend you guys to check it out. Support the local business. Exactly. Alrighty. That's the spot of the day, guys. Alright, guys. So now we're coming into the close. Thank you guys for staying tuned and listening to us. Anthony, thank you for coming and sharing your story with us. Yeah. Sincerely, thank you for motivating the youth. Yeah, no. Um, Brian just wanted to say thank you. Uh I know this podcast is just getting started. Uh, it feels pretty good to be uh, one of the first three guys to hop on the podcast. And uh, thank you for giving me a platform to just kind of share my story and share my journey. Oh, absolutely. You know, there's honestly someone out there that will probably could relate to your story. You know, right. when I was young, um, I wish I had stories to find that I could kind of relate to even a podcast or something that mm -hmm. could be like, man, like this, I, I, I could relate to that guy. Mm -hmm. So this is what this podcast is all about. It's trying to find like someone you can kind of relate to and, and, and see how they kind of did it and how the they managed to get through those obstacles. So thank you for being here and sharing your story. So you guys listening at home, if you want to follow up with Anthony, Anthony, you have any Instagram or social yeah, media so, you want to share? Um, on Instagram, uh, that's at uh, Anthony Armenta with uh, two T's and Anthony, uh, all one word. Um, same thing on Twitter if you want to follow me there. And then uh, if you look up uh, Anthony Armenta on YouTube, uh, I have a little highlight tape uh, from the last LCC season if you want to go ahead and check that out. All right, and you heard it, guys. If you guys want to give Anthony a follow, you know where to reach him. And Anthony, like I said, thank you for being in the show yeah, today. Thank you. I had a blast on the podcast. I had some fun singing. Um, <laughs> I'm glad I'm the uh, first winner of the uh, oh, man. the the karaoke contest oh, on DEFPDX. Uh, hey. Oh, don't worry. Uh, I'll get my throne back. <laughs> All right. All right. Alright guys, so now I'm finalizing and the next podcast, if you guys want to be up to date, is going to be coming out on Thursday at 8am Pacific Time. So stay tuned and subscribe on the podcast if this is something you feel you like. And if you know someone that might relate to Anthony's story, feel free to share it. And the next podcast will be Thursday at 8am. So stay tuned and until next time, friends.